When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So shout out to comedy. I know I've seen some people that are be like, well, this, this new special is really not that funny. It's not supposed to be. I think hip hop will always be a void for the people. What's happening, dude? Reggie Williams. Ah, oh, man. So, so much going on in the world, huh? Yeah, Jake Payne. Uh, a lot going on. That's, just, that's one I want to start talking about, man. Um, you know, so, you know, you and I, we had a lot of conversations about this over the years, right? Like, um, you know, we are a hip hop publication. You know, the expectation is for us to talk about music, videos, hip hop news, et cetera. You know, but we always spoke about much more than that. You know, we, we mm-hmm. had a, an active lifestyle category we talked about everything from you know um you know what was going on with the nfl and, and kaepernick to uh you know black Lives matter movement of you know the early the early aughts or teens i should say uh, yeah we talked about artificial intelligence we talked about a, a bunch of stuff a big range um but what do you think you know our role and responsibility is as a primarily hip-hop platform to cover other stuff if any you know what, what's what's uh What's our duty to our audience? I think it's a big duty. I mean, I think that hip hop has always been a reflection of first the people, um, as well as, you know, the streets worldwide. And these are issues that are happening with the people and in the streets. And, you know, I mean, just looking at the events, the tragedies of the last month, there's also, if you want to be, if you want to be devil's advocate and say, you know, shut up and dribble about you know hip-hop journalism you know george floyd worked with dj screw um you know it's like trayvon martin um grew up with space space ghost perp which was a producer for you know aesop rocky like so many of these tragedies if you dig a little deeper have hip-hop ties um so yeah i i don't think there's any excuse not to cover not to talk about it not to not to treat it with the utmost, and and that's something that Ambrosia for Heads as a website did, you know, under under you know your vision and 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 some of my execution. But um, absolutely, in this platform, I don't I don't want to participate if we're not talking about it, you know. And to to quote the signs that you see that I've seen in the protests, you know, silence is violence. Yeah, man, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, I think Chuck D said, uh, he either said that hip hop was the black CNN or the CNN of the streets. But yeah. in, in any case, it, you know, um, ever since the message, you know, hip hop has been recounting what is happening in the real world. You know, I think it, as much as any genre of music is really about talking about what's happening with people. Yeah. You know, sometimes people party, sometimes people, you know, are out like, you know, showing their cars and clothes and whatever it might be. Other times people are in the streets, man, and people are getting killed and, uh, you know, uh, hip hop talks about all of it. So yeah, I've always thought that we had a responsibility like you to do that, you know, so. Um, and and go ahead. Well, one thing I might want to add too, you know, some of what AFH is modeled after is, you know, the the most informative years of the source. I mean, would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the interesting things that I consumed over the last week, and, you know, you and I haven't done a traditional, you know, Reggie and Jake podcast in, in three or four weeks, but um, the Popcast, which is a New York Times podcast hosted by their music editor John Caramonica, and he interviewed um, folks, I believe you know, uh, James Bernard and, and, and Reginald Den- Dennis about how they treated the LA riots, the source in, in 92. And, you know, they said no matter what, um, we had to cover it. And they were, you know, a publication that was on the front lines when your times and your lives, a lot of people were, you were scared to go to South Central. Um, so in the spirit of the pioneers of this, 
Absolutely. You know, and I encourage anyone that, that values hip hop coverage and how hip hop interprets what's going on in the streets to check out that podcast because it's one of the better things that I've listened to um, just in this, this climate that we're currently in. Yeah, it's amazing. I had, I had an opportunity to, you know, I went to school with the guys who created the source. Dave Mays was a couple years ahead of me in college and, uh, you know, I knew John Schechter and, you know, a lot of the, all the guys who like really first started it. Uh, and I didn't know like um, Reginald Dennis and people like that. Yeah. But I, I got a chance to meet James Bernard maybe four years or so ago. I think mm-hmm. I told you about it. Like uh, we sat down and it, it blew me away that he said that he thought that we were um, the 20, the 2000s version of what they were, you know? Yeah. So that was like, and Dave and I still, you know, uh, talk to this day, and I know that he has respect for us too. So, like, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely appreciate that analogy. Um, you know, there's a lot going on. Uh, there's a lot going on, and it's been going on for a couple weeks. It's really been going on for you know centuries, if you think about it. Um, being in the media, we see news cycles come and go. You know, and I, I've developed a, a pretty healthy amount of cynicism. Like every time I think that there's a movement afoot. Um, a lot of times, like, you know, it's on to the next one as soon as the, the next, like, you know, uh, thing that is going to generate a lot of clicks starts to happen. Mm-hmm. I would say that there have been two notable exceptions that I can remember in the last, like, 10 years or so. One is Arab Spring, and the other is the Me Too movement, you know. Um, those two things were sustained and yielded and are still yielding systemic change. Um, do you think that this is a time that qualifies as um, a news cycle, uh, or do you think that that we are truly in the midst of systemic change when it comes to Black lives and um, you know and really recognizing the historical legacy of this country and oppression of Black people and the desire to change that? Yeah, I mean, I I, I believe we are at the crossroads of systemic change. I, I hope so. Optimistically, I do. Um, and yeah, I mean, this hasn't, both what's happening in the streets and, and what's causing it has certainly um, not quieted down since George Floyd and, and you know, Breonna Taylor um, and all, you know, the, the, the martyrs, I'll use that term, before. Um, so yeah, I, I really, the pressure is, is now on the powers that be to change. And there's a lot at stake. And I hope that this is a watershed moment, which might take years to actualize. But, um, you know, there is, there's a war cry, no justice, no peace. So as we approach the tipping point of what justice is going to look like, we will see. And I hope that it's an era, an hour of systemic change. What about you? Man, I don't know. You know, every time, like, I think that, the tipping point has been reached like I'm proven wrong. You know, mm-hmm. like I was in college in 1992, I was a senior in college. And I remember distinctly my roommates and I, four, you know, three black men. Um, we, you know, when the Rodney King tape leaked, uh, we thought, oh man, here we go. Now it's finally, you know, everything that like NWA has been saying, that, you know, public enemy has been saying, that Karis one has been saying, is now like, you know, come to light. This isn't just rappers like, you know, and, you know, giving tales. And, you know, we as black folk already knew what the deal was, you know, but now the entire world is going to see what's happening. And then for, um, you know, that verdict to come out the way that it did was a real shocker because, you know, in the past, yeah, okay, you know, it's, you know, white person's word against black persons and we know how that played out. But to have it be on camera and for that to happen, you know, was insane. And then you fast forward, you know, it's not like the killings have stopped, but then there was a real movement uh, where there was a series of videos. Now, Trayvon, unfortunately, was not caught on video, but you saw Eric Garner. Um, we didn't see Michael Brown, but, you know, we saw the, how that unfolded. The dash and, cam of Sandra Bland. and Yeah, I mean, just on and on and on, right? And I'd say, what, was that was like 2012 to like 2016 or so, with I think mm-hmm. it kind of culminating with, uh, you know, I think it was two or three days uh, time between when Philando Castillo and Al- Alton Sterling were killed. Yeah. And we reached a boiling point summer of 2016. 2016. Yeah. And, uh, that's when, 
and now we know, like, you know, historically we can look back now and know that a lot of the dissension being sown was done by state operatives. You know, Russia was involved in like, you know, stoking that. Uh, it was an election year, very much like this year, and there was a vested interest in creating discord in our society to divide us um, and polarize the, the, the electorate, and we see how that turned out. And then after Trump was elected, the killings didn't stop, but the furor uh, was not covered in the same way by the media, and it made it seem like the movement died, you know, until this summer. Coincidentally, yeah. I, an election summer again, I mean, it feels very much to me like there are a lot of parallels there. Um, and I don't know that the media will, will continue to cover this when uh, it's not a spotlight, when it's not like, uh, you know, newsworthy or, or being chinned up by some outside, you know, uh, forces or whatever. So I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, I was in the streets, uh, you know, I was in a, an, at a protest uh, in Hollywood that was really big last week. And it was amazing to see the diversity that was there. Uh, but, you know, I already feel like it's losing a little bit of steam. You know, I, I, I try to unplug as much as I can just because uh -huh. it's just so toxic to consume too much media. I checked in yesterday to see, you know, what happened in Atlanta with Richard Brooks. Uh, I haven't seen what the aftermath has been, but has it, have you, I don't know, has there, has there been an intensity, an intensification of like uh, protests or is it still, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I took an armchair look at it. I mean, obviously, I don't know if you saw, um, they, they, you know, in response to what happened, that Wendy's is caught on fire and is, you know, smeltering. Um, but the protests have ramped up, you know, and, and that's been a development of the last 24 hours for sure. Well, one thing is for sure, there's definitely not going to be a shortage of killings to keep this, you know, in the news cycle should people choose to cover it, you know. Uh, but I look at, um, I look at things like, uh, gun violence, you know, and, um, you know, we had, you know, Columbine and then like UVA and like, you know, Sandy Hook, you know, Sandy mm -hmm. Hook seemed like it's going to be a watershed moment because you yeah. had first graders getting killed and that didn't do it, you know. Um, and then, you know, we had Vegas, 51 people killed. That didn't cause massive gun reform. Um, and then, you know, when Parkland happened, was the, the first time I started to think, oh man, this is really going to affect change because it wasn't the pundits, it wasn't adults, it was the kids leading the charge. And that was sustained for, I don't know, four or five, six weeks. Yeah. And that, that faltered, you know? So I don't know, man. I don't know. You know, it's interesting. You, um, you bring up, you make that parallel and uh, I get it. And I wonder, and I say this, you know, I speculate and that systemic change happens as, as a, as a white man. And I haven't, you know, I haven't lived on the other side of, you know, this. And so my perspective, you know, it only means so much, if anything. But, you know, you mentioned the, um, you mentioned those shootings. And one of the things, um, you know, that, that's transpired in recently is, you know, Dave Chappelle's special. And, um, I, you know, I, I know we want to talk about it. One of the things that really blew me away, I'm somebody who considers himself a bit of a, history buff, the only time the NRA stood for a ban on assault rifles was when the Panthers took the state capital steps, Isn't which that insane? yeah, that's insane. Yeah. That is insane. Um, so shout out to comedy. I know I've seen some people that are be like, well, this, this new special is really not that funny. It's not supposed to be. Mm -hmm. It's not at all. It's mm -hmm. everything that, um, you know, when Dave recently just over the last few years has talked about the purity of the medium of a microphone and a person, um, he really manifests that in this new special. Yeah, so t tell me, tell me what your thoughts were. Like, uh, break it down. Yeah, I mean, it just it, it it blunted me. You know what I mean? Like it um, it was to see somebody that I've been following for twenty five years to see that visceral anger and hurt. Um, I won't even say anger, just that visceral hurt um, in a medium, in a, in a performance medium is something that I think will be one of those things that attaches itself to what's going on right now. Uh, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but I feel the same about the new Run the Jewels album. Like this is the way the chronic is with the, you know, LA protests of 92. This is, this is art and life um, hand in hand. And I just thought it was super powerful. The thing that so Dave Chappelle, you know, as 
for a lot of his life has lived in, in Ohio, which is next to Pennsylvania. And I grew up in Pittsburgh, which is, I grew up about 30 minutes from the Ohio border. Um, so I'm just, I'm a little bit familiar with that kind of Midwest, middle America. And I thought it was really interesting that he invited his neighborhood to the, to the barn, to that, that creative space. And I thought that, you know, above a performance, above everything, this is him speaking to the middle of America, some black, some white, some brown, you know, and I think there's, there's true power in that. But, um, yeah, you know, uh, I love Chappelle. One, because he's got like just tremendous like insight. His observations are just so on point and yeah. you know, he, he cuts the things in ways that, that most people just, just can't articulate, you know. Um, but, but I also love it because he does not hold back. Like mm-hmm. he tells things as he sees it, you know, it's his truth. He doesn't care about like what the blowback might be on social media or in the media or, you know, whatever. And in a world where, you know, the bully pulpit is as high as it's ever been, you know, the social media thing, um, you know, uh, that's really important uh, because we're moving to a very, very dangerous place. You know, I was, I was talking about this with my sons yesterday, you know, we are, We've been we we have been dehumanizing one another for the better part of a decade now. You know, it started with social media, where a person can type something to another person that they would never ever ever say to yeah. that person's face. Right? There's a complete detachment from the fact that what you're doing is affecting another human being. Um, and we've seen people. You and I have seen it more than most because you know we have a tremendous following and in posting every time we posted, we would get feedback from people, you know, and it used to be back in the day, like if someone really came at me, like on a personal level, I would like, you know, I would like go back at them, like not, not, and often not in a disrespectful way, but just to like, you know, let them know, Hey man, like these words that you're saying are affecting a human being. Like, you know, um, as far as I know, I've never done anything personal to you so why are you coming at me that <laughs> right way, you know and in most cases it yielded really positive results because it did did kind of jar the person back into the, to the notion like oh wow this is a person but you know over the years that that level of complete callousness has just only built and i think now in the area of covid where almost all of our interactions with people are digital, you know, whether yeah, virtual, yeah. Uh, whether, um, you know, by text or by zoom, you know, or whatever video chat you use, I think it's made us even less um, empathetic and less like, you know, acknowledging of the fact that we're human beings and it's produced a really, really, really ugly culture, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, so you know, I worry, I worry. But so Dave being able to stand up to that and not be cowed is just, is, is a hero for me. You know, he said, dude, he said, I can't, <laughs> he said some really, really, really harsh words about people. I mean, he, he just. Candace Owens and Candace Laura Owens and you know, Laura Ingram. I mean, wow. I was like shocked with yeah. just how like uh, explicit he was and his feelings about them. Um, but, but, you know. but Yeah. And I mean, but at, and at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's, it's like when hip hop has responded to Tommy Loren. I mean, you know, these pundits, if that's the right word to use, their words hurt people, you know, and, and, you know, like, I like what, I actually really like what Dave Chappelle said to Don Lemon, because I actually happened to be watching, and I'm sure Don Lemon had said that throughout, you know, um, when the initial wave of protests were happening, but he was like, you know, I want to see black leaders come forth and say something. And he started mentioning celebrities right away. And, and I think Chappelle, I think the special is what Dave Chappelle has to say on it. Um, and I thought what he said, you know, in terms of listening to the streets and not telling the streets what to do. Um, I haven't heard anyone else verbalize it that way. And I think it's hugely powerful. Yeah. And I think that, uh, the brutality of his language, um, whether you agree with it or not is necessary at this time. I was reading another article um, as New York times article last night about Atlanta. And it said that like it was in the wake of protests ensuing after the, the death of George Floyd, when 
police officers had pinned him down to the ground, right? So pinned him to the ground is very different than saying a man kneeled on a guy's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. Like to say pinned him on the ground, like almost seems like it was an accident or that like, you know, it was incidental contact. Standard procedure. Yeah. yeah. Like this guy kneeled on his neck for almost nine minutes looking around while people told him not to and a man pl- pled for his life. So, you know, in some ways you can see why Chappelle or, or people have to speak in those blunt of terms and, yeah. you know, um, because otherwise it gets lost. The narrative gets, gets changed, gets watered down, gets diluted, you know? So. And, and I mean, you know, Chappelle in the last recent years has caught a lot of flack for nouns and verbs, you know? Yes. And he's, he has, has fought that to a T and says that, you know, the minute we start censoring this medium is a minute we have nothing left. And yeah, he used words that I don't, you know, I, I, you know, I don't use, but he's entitled to that and he's taking that and speaking power to those words. And uh, yeah, I, I just, I thought it was a, a crazy um, experience. And afterwards I sat there for as long as the special was and just absorbed it. Yeah. So you mentioned Don Lemon, right? And so he, he went at Don Lemon because Don Lemon asked where, you know, various voices were, um, at, you know, at the height of this. And one of the people he called out was Dave Chappelle. You and I have, have talked a little bit about hip hop, you know, um, in the past, the way we chose to cover things through the lens of hip hop was to amplify hip hop voices that were talking about certain things. You know, Killer Mike was someone that I always looked to uh, because like, you know, I really appreciate um, the way that he expresses himself too. And he also is very direct about things and calls it like he sees it. And he admits um, he's wrong too at times as well, which is absolutely, absolutely. really powerful. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And he's, and he's very complex, right? He doesn't allow himself to be boxed into right. holding like a, you know, a, a single form of expressing himself based on like, you know, political ideologies and stuff like that. Now he's super complex, which I think, you know, is required in a world that is nuanced. But um, what's your take on where hip hop has been with this one? I haven't seen a ton of expression artistically, but I've seen a lot of people in the streets, you know what I mean? And like to Chappelle's point, like, uh, you know, that might be the bigger thing at this point. Yeah. No one needs to hear a rap song. About, there's been plenty of rap songs about it. Now, now they want to see people out and acting, but, but I'm curious what your thoughts are. Yeah, I mean, you know, some powerful music has released um, almost by happenstance in the middle of it. I mean, obviously, Run the Jewels advanced releasing their album and gave it away for free in the midst of all of this, which is the latest in a series of um, just thoughtful moves from Killer Mike and LP. But yeah, I mean, to see J. Cole, who is, has always been protesting, you know, was protesting in the mid 2000s, teens, um, Kendrick Lamar, Wale, like people are going out to the streets of all levels, tech from Smith and like across the landscape, I've seen it on my social timelines. And, um, and that's hugely powerful. I know here in Philadelphia, you know, um, I've just, I haven't personally seen the artists out, but I'll see through social media that they're, you know, walking in the same protests I am. And uh, yeah, it's powerful. And I really give hip hop credit for not making everything a tribute song. Um, we've seen that before. And there has been, there has been some music, um, you know, D Smoke and Sir came out with a powerful record. Um, I've seen one or two others but really taking it to the streets above making it about themselves and the quote unquote art. Um, I think that means a lot right now. And I think that's what will endure personally. Yeah. YG, you know, Mm. uh, was one of the key organizers of that massive Hollywood boycott last week, you know, and I I thought people wouldn't typically uh, associate YG with having political music and things like that. Well, I mean, he had the FDT record, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that yeah. was that yeah. was a moment in time, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a moment in time, and he's not, you know, it, it's not a general part of his body of work, but for him right. to, like, be able to lead and galvanize that many people is, is pretty powerful. You know? Yeah. So, Run the Jewels. Um, I haven't listened to the album yet. Like, okay. uh, I've had a week, <laughs> yeah. as you know. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, um, but, like... Uh, I'm definitely going to listen to it today, but what are your thoughts about it? Like, what are some of the themes that emerge? 
You know, I mean, throughout the last year and a half, two years, I mean, both Mike and Elle have said, like, this is truly a body of work. This, I don't think they use the words magnum opus because artists don't speak like that, but that this was, this was some other. And um, I, I truly believe it's the best body of work that they've put out since their debut. You know, since, like, oh, man, we're getting hit with the chemistry. And, um, you know, the album that they first linked on, which is Killer Mike's R.A.P. album, um, LP produced the whole thing. It was Mike's album, but it, it released, if I'm not mistaken, right into Occupy. And a lot of the themes of that album were like, oh my goodness, this just happens to fit what's going on in the world. And RTJ4, yeah, you know, Mike um, Mike has a uh, particular verse. Let me tell you the name. I know it's got snow in the title. I'm still, uh, I'm still warming up to titles, but... Uh, walking in the snow that is like i believe um you know he's referencing eric garner but it applies to george floyd and just the power and the that boisterousness you know rtj has always been in the tradition in my minds of like ice cube public enemy a little bit of x clan and you damn sure get that here yeah uh you know mike is one of the most powerful voices out there so it's a perfect time for going to jules album yeah i'm 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 curious to when Kendrick is going to drop his album, you know, mm-hmm. and that it is going to be um, this year. Um, I think you and I spoke on that before. Um, I, I can't wait, man. He's obviously one of the most important voices to me. But I think his voice needs to be heard now, too. I think he makes sense of the world in a way that a lot of people can't, you know, so. Most definitely, you know, and, and I wonder, too, I mean, you and I spoke about it a little bit with COVID, but how, if you were two-thirds or three-fourths through making an album or you were putting the finishing touches on it, if this event changes it, you know what I mean? Um, like, yeah, I don't know. I, um, and it's up, up to each individual artist, but I'm quite sure this will affect the art that we're about to hear for the years that come. Yeah, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine. Um, and we were, he, you know, Kendrick has... He's always expressed himself in ways that are universal and um, in some ways timeless. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the self-discovery that he went through on Dan is something that like um, lives beyond like any particular point in time. So, and I, th- I think that he did that with Good Kid, you know, it was about his youth. Pimper Butterfly was very much pertinent to what's going on now. So my yeah. assumption is that whatever he puts out isn't going to be altered or, or, or seen as tone deaf or anything like that without having acknowledged specific events. So yeah, I, I doubt that he's going to um, alter it significantly. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think he did, don't think he did with Dan. You know, no, he only had like one, one or two veiled references to Trump in the entire album. So that's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. and that came out a year. Well, no, it came out six months roughly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, part of the change that's going on is happening in the music business. Um, there was um, the media blackout last week, and then also Universal Republic announced that they were going to eliminate the term urban, um, and, and only because of, like, perceived negative connotations to that, you know, and, um, and devaluing the form of music, and only going to use, like, R&B and hip-hop and things like that. What, what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, I say this as, you know, somebody with almost 20 years in the business and a white guy, I cringe at the term urban. Um, Especially, you know, I mean, it's even more funny in recent years when you've got a little Nas X and you've got artists that, you know, even, you know, that so many country artists, um, not just country as a genre, but, you know, folks from, from, you know, Miss Rural Mississippi and Rural Alabama and all of that that have come on the scene that term is so archaic. And um, yeah, I I think, you know, I saw the Grammys um, change some wording around for categories too. I, again, like that's not, that's not systemic, but I think that these events have everyone looking within and saying, what is it that I do that's messed up and how can I fix it? 
you know, the progression was, you know, it used to be called black music. Like there, there was or no race records, yeah. race records to black yeah. music, like, you know, um, no bones about it. And you know, that always blew me away because music doesn't have a color. You know, the, the, the people who make the music, you know, are in, in theory, like have, you know, specific colors, but like the music that they make can wildly vary. You know, you had like, you know, black people making like heavy metal and punk and, you know, white people making R&B and rap. And so like, music very doesn't true. have a color in that way, you know, but urban always to me seemed like a euphemism for black, you know. Music doesn't have a color, but I will say, and maybe this is fake woke shit on my part, I don't know. But like, I've made it a point um, to use the word black and brown when it comes to not types of music, but in the discussion, because as, as white folks have come into jazz and come into blues and come into hip hop and come into rap, certain, at, at a certain level, it can lose its, its, its origin story to some people. And so it's been important to me that I don't ever not attribute the culture that I love and the culture that I belong to, to black and Hispanic and, and sure, I'm sure that, you know, there's white pioneers, but I can't lose sight of that in the discussion. And maybe that's, maybe that's wrong on my part, but for whatever reason, I've just seen a lot of whitewashing going on in culture. And I don't, it's important that we, we just state that. I don't know. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. I guess the flip side for me, though, is that um, uh, it's, it's also used against Black artists a lot of times, you know, so like, um, you know, for a long time, you know, artists like Michael Jackson and Beyonce and you know Rihanna, who were dominating the pop charts, yeah. were not acknowledged as pop stars, right? Michael Jackson aggressively branded himself that way. He was very tactical in calling himself the king, the of, king pop, of pop, yeah. right? I'm not the king of R&B. I'm not the king of soul. I'm the king of pop, you know? That was like very, that was a chess move on his part because people were still trying to put him in a box and he had, had blown through that box. And that's not to like say that the R&B box is a bad box. Mm-hmm. It's just saying acknowledge that, you know, R&B, hip hop, these are pop forms of pop music too. And I'm dominating pop. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's a really good point. And so many artists, I mean, you can look at a Donald Glover, Childish Gambino, you can look at, you know, even Kanye. So many artists are, are proving genre to just be, like almost like a guidepost or you know a, a lighthouse that that doesn't have a bulb in like you know what is genre in the era of the iPod let alone you know Spotify everyone is able to dibble and dabble yeah you know I didn't realize it until I watched uh Justin Timberlake's Hot Ones but you know apparently when he put out Justified he was actually really really upset that they wouldn't classify as R&B you know, he set out to make an R&B record. He made it with Timbaland and 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 Pharrell, who were drive dominating the R&B charts at the time, and it sounded like a, a combination of a Prince and Michael Jackson album. Yeah, uh, distinctly R&B. Yet he was categorized as pop. So yeah, the racism and the nomenclature of the music business has existed for a long time. So I do think that Universal Republic making this move is a signal that at least they're acknowledging it, you know, and, uh, and trying to like, you know, affect change. So you, mm-hmm. you, you mentioned the Grammys too. What's your thought on, on, on their changes? Yeah. I mean, I'm still, and I'm the still progressive R and B. Right. And, and what, and what is it? Melodic. melodic. <laughs> was it melodic? What? Uh, I can't remember. Um, it's like melodic hip hop, uh, not collaboration, but hold on one second. Um, yeah. I, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I'm still digesting that because, um, best melodic rap performance. Best, instead of best rap song performance, it's best melodic performance, right? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, the Grammys have had so many missteps in really in the last decade. And so for this one, cynically, I was just like, you know, just give it to Post Malone next year. Just give it to, <laughs> you know, whomever fits that bill. And, and not for nothing. I mean, you know, um, 
God bless the dead juice world was headed in that melodic direction, but I don't know. Do you have any uh, reaction to it? Yeah, well, I mean, progressive R&B, okay. Like, I don't, it, what progress, what, why can't it just be R&B, right? Like, progressive right. R&B, what, I don't even know what that is. Like, uh, but, I thought we were done with progressive after prog rock, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then melodic rock, like, like uh, that completely changes what the category was, right? right. It was best rap song performance, which, I, I I understood to be a rap song that featured a uh, a singing part like a hook, you know. Right. Whether it was a collaborator or it was all in house. Yeah, like Crazy in Love or like you know whatever, like you know a feature with either a, a singer and a rapper, you know, yeah. the, the singer, the rapper on the hook or with a verse or like a rapper, like a any any Wale joint, right? Name yeah. a Wale song. <laughs> uh, best melodic rap but, but that's just ushering in you know it's ushering in um auto-tune rap you know which yeah. is which is fun that that's been the dominant form of hip-hop um yeah. for the last you know x amount of years but yeah you're right like uh I, I actually don't know that that cuts a long race because like you know um that was started by yay um and uh, pretty pretty much Drake, you know. I did Drake see songs that way. Twenty One Savage. So it's a lot, lot of, lot of that, you know. I did see a Twitter user named Amir Saad. So A M I A M I R, and then said S A I D. And he made a really good point. He was like rhythm, and and again, like this is one that I can't speak to personally, but I thought it was interesting. He said rhythm has always been like something that has African heritage. You know, melody comes from another place. So is this again, making this award, taking it out of the roots of, you know, Pan-African music. I don't know. I mean, but I just thought that was an interesting point that I've never thought of. Well, I guess what I'd say is, I do think that it's shifting it from what it used to be, right? So, and, and, okay, if I, I think you keep the rap, the rap song category, you add the melodic rap category and you add the rhythm and then you add it to, to Amir, Amir's point you add a rhythmic rap category too right and that then uh, addresses kind of like the traditional form of rap that is more um, you know rhythm based and there's no melody it's just just cadence so yeah I think I think that you you tackle it that way it'll be interesting to see I mean again cynically this is a way to involve a type of artist, I think, or a class of artists, some of which applies to both categories, but some of these artists that have been, right now, they would, the Grammys would have hell to pay if they put them up for best rap album. You know what yeah. I mean? This, this plays to those, this truly is, gives Juice World his Grammy, you know, in, in 2019. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so speaking of melody, um, we, we we've had a break now in in Swiss Beats' verses, and I know for you, like they were starting to wane. But when we dug down, and I think what was really lacking was the the caliber of talent that was being presented for you. Um, but 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 na- next up is John Legend versus Alicia Keys. Now, does that reinvigorate your interest in it, or are you like, <laughs> is that a little too like soft for you, or like what like? <laughs> I know you, you, you're, uh, just, you're not an R&B dude. I know you've never been an R&B dude. So. I, I have never paid money. I, I think I bought, or it was sent to me as a promo, but the John Legend Roots Wake Up album. But I was thinking, you know, Alicia Keys and John Legend both have songs I really like. I don't know if either of them have songs that I love. As the weather continues to get nicer and these things tend to happen on Saturday nights, I don't know. I mean, I, I might, I might tune in on the playback for the sake of this podcast, but this one, it ain't me. You know, what well, about it's, you? It's going to be on Juneteenth, which I okay. think is dope. Um, yeah. You know, I've never been a huge John Legend fan. I like, I like John Legend on features more. Like, actually, hmm. I think John Legend on Ross joints, like um, the Magnificent, like it's just like you know, uh, that's probably too like R and B few, but like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but 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 uh him with like that like really appeals to me like somebody once said that he sounds like the the warner brothers uh frog when he sings you know like, <laughs> that's <laughs> but, funny but, but yeah. Bredo, um you know kind of gets me you know i like some of his songs and he's a he's a really dope dude you know personally um Alicia Keys, like uh, there are a lot of songs of hers that i really like you know uh, and she's got like um 
some very like powerful songs. And I like the hip hop essence she brings to it and everything yeah. too. So, you know, I'll tune in just as a um, fan of the, the competition and just out of curiosity to see the kind of numbers they have because, um, you know, while Nelly and Luda were both gigantic in their time, their time was, you know, 15 to 20 years ago, really, uh, if you think about it. Especially for Nelly. I don't know about yeah. Luda, but he yeah. hangs around. You yeah. Know. Um, but these guys, um, John and Alicia, yeah, their time was probably, I don't know, like their, their peak was probably what, like, you know, seven, eight years ago, maybe 10 years ago, something like that. Yeah, but they both stay around and they both have similar trajectory into artists and now into, you know, activists and, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um, you know, philanthropist. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So I'll say their peak musically right as personalities yeah i think john legend's bigger than he's ever been you right. know with uh, his work with la la land and like you know he and chrissy are like you know you know a royal family out there with b and j and kanye and kim um alicia and swizz of course Huge. Uh, which yeah. they, you know so there's a little bit of a conflict of interest there you know i'm sure her sound might be sounding more crispy than <laughs> she's got the in-house yeah. advantage but um you know and you know her hosting the grammys and everything so in my mind, they're the two biggest current personalities to do this. They both have tremendous social media followers. So I'm very curious to see what kind of numbers they do. You know, uh, you think they can, I think the biggest so far is about 750 or so for Jill. Was that Jill and Erica? Jill and Erica, yeah. Do you think these guys can top a million? Yeah, I mean, just because this is something that, like, my mom, who's, you know, she'll punch me for this, but it's close to 70. Like she will hear about this through the morning, morning show circuit. Like, will she tune in? Uh, maybe, you know? Um, yeah. I bet this one breaks a milli. You, know? you think it'll break a milli? Uh, I don't know, man. Well, I, I, maybe. Yeah. It's uh it's also at nighttime. It's, it's Juneteenth. First yeah. of all, which I think is pretty Isn't the, Which is not a Saturday. That's a Sunday, right? Am I it's not mistaken? Friday. It's Friday, Friday. Excuse me. This is coming Friday. Yeah. Um, That'll be interesting. Yeah, I, and, and you know what? What will be really cool about this, no matter what? I mean, even not invested in the music to the extent of other people, like you said, I mean, these are such good souls. You know what I mean? And I imagine sort of like, like Erica and Jill, the quality of the rapport will be a moment, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, if there's like a, a sweep of rain across the East Coast or something, that might help push it over a million because these you know, now that it's June after, uh, after, you know, quarantine, not that it's over, I've noticed a lot of people in the streets. So. Yeah. Yeah. People are out, man. Um, so we're talking about two of the biggest names in, um, in music and two of the biggest personalities on the planet, potentially collectively together, getting a million simultaneous viewers on, Instagram, right? And that is speculative. We're, we're both speculating as to whether or not it yeah. can occur. Takashi 69 did double that with his IG live. Um, and he just released a new song and it's got 76 million views on YouTube, the video in two days. I think it's the fastest, fastest like uh, growing video ever released on YouTube. What is it, dude? Why is this guy such a powerhouse when it comes to media consumption? I mean, it's just, it's, it's, he knows how to stroke the fire. And I, um, I listened to the song one time. I like think, it? no, I think I will go through the rest of my life never listening to it again. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, uh, I'm so over, dude. <laughs> like, you know, and, and I was never, um, yeah, I, I never got on the never got on the bandwagon. There's a lot of artists adjacent to him that I found interesting, and they had songs that I would I would dig here or there. But nah, and and this one for reasons we spoke about in our conversation with Justin, with Justin Hunt, I uh, a few episodes back, I'm just I'm changing the channel. Man, uh, I want to change the channel. I feel compelled to check in just because of what we do you know we gotta yeah. stay on the pulse uh, i was having a conversation with my, my, my son the other day who i just uh brought back from new york and i told him that i had 
TikTok. And I was like, why do you have TikTok? Like, 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 oh man, what do you have TikTok? For? Like, <laughs> dog, like, it's what I do. Yeah. But, um, dog, man, I, I gotta say, as much as I want to, hey, I, I actually like his music. I think he's incredibly gifted as a, um, at, at picking beats, first of yeah. all, and as a songwriter, you know, like, I think he crafts, like, good songs. Now, what he's saying and everything, you know, it is what it is, and, like, you know, do I, I don't like what he stands for at all, and that's not even the snitching, right? Snitching yeah. is, like, I, I don't like the fact that he was, you know, a bully and, like, you know, like, you know, you know, promoting this, like, complete, like, thuggish you know, immoral lifestyle, you know. Um, but the songs are just dope and um, to me. And, you know, I, I think that's a big part of it. I think if he came out and didn't have good music, yeah, he'd be irrelevant. So you like you like Trolls? You like the new record with Nicki Minaj? I do, I do. And, you know, I'm curious to what you think about Nicki because, like, so, you know, um, hip-hop has its stance, right, on it. Um, the streets have spoken. Um, and for Nikki to kind of break ranks on it, I think is I see it as breaking ranks first of all. But I'm curious as to whether or not you do, and like you know, whether and what the significance is of her appearing. I'm her. not sure if we knew that this collaboration was out yet, but what was it? You know, in the last ten days, Akon made a locked up. You know, I don't know if you saw that or had the chance to see it, but on live, him and him and dude, you know, sat at the piano and made kind of a, a locked up too. Really. Um, so Akon was kind of the first out the gate and, you know, um, I'll, I'll give a shout out to the, you know, Joe Budden podcast. They know a lot more on the subject than I do. They spoke about the connection that Akon has with the Grange family, even currently long after the universal deal. So I feel like he was, he was the crash test dummy, not, and you, you know, you can make a case. I don't, I haven't, I, first of all, the first locked up is, is a dope record. I always liked the joint. But um, uh, I'm not up on what Akon's doing. I think he still is like a top draw from what I understand touring. But the idea that Akon has less to lose, I don't know. Nikki in the hip-hop community, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that some of her moves over the last two years have been very suspect. And uh, this one, she definitely, you know, pushed a lot of chips to the center of the table. That's a big risk. What do you think? So I think that now that, that you mentioned Akon too, I think that in both cases, um, the reason driving their participation is, is the same and that's to heighten their relevancy. Uh, you know, Akon has not been relevant as a musician in, you know, 10, 12, 15 years. And Nikki, I believe to what you just said, you know, right just, just now is, has not has been losing her relevancy in music for some time, and I think yeah. that she went after she she took a lot of desperate measures going after Cardi B, uh, you know, you know, stirring up beefs and things like that because the music wasn't there, or at least the you know, it didn't catch it. And complaining about number one spots, yeah. you know, with Travis yeah. Scott, right. it's I tricky. Think, I don't think Nikki at twenty. I don't think twenty twelve Nikki does no. this. No. You know? Not not at all. Not 2010 Nikki. Not 2010. And, and 2010 Nikki, you know, when she made my favorite Nicki Minaj work, when I was the biggest fan, was in that 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 run of, you know, Monster and the mixtape, you know, uh, Itty, you know, Itty Bitty Piggy. Like, all of that stuff in 09 and 10 I thought was so interesting into her first album. Um, and even then, when it really could have possibly benefited her the most, I don't think you come out of, you know, young money, cash money, billionaires and, and stand with that. I just don't. And, uh, but you know, it makes you one or two to the Grange point, like by virtue of doing this, do you see good favor that most artists couldn't conjure themselves down the line? And I know Nikki is, you know, an A-list artist, even in spite of everything, but can this give her the look to, and the Cardi B comparison and put her back in the top tier? I don't uh, know. Maybe. I mean, her, she's definitely going to be fresh in a lot of people's minds. And I just, I just like had a revelation uh, that this was actually potentially a chess move on Nikki's part, a big one. Uh, and actually I got to, I got to completely reevaluate my whole stance on this. Now. <laughs> okay. Um, who in the hip hop world went, you know, um, the hardest at 
Takashi Six Nine after he came out. Trippy Red. Uh, and who else? Who had a vested interest in uh, prison and Meek Mill? Okay. Oh, word. Mm. Meek mm. Mill. Okay. Meek Mill. Yeah. Was very high. Right. So you know, obviously, we know Nikki and Meek's history. This could have. You think this was a, a shot? It's interesting. I mean, I wonder if it, if it, you know, just I mean, just it to, could be both, right? But but I'm just saying, it's more layered than just, yeah. And it could be strategic alliances too, because both Meek and Cardi B are part of the Atlantic family, you know, where they you know luck up each other and and do major collaborations. Yeah, I mean this this could all tie into that. And no matter what, no matter what, people are tuning in. You know, um, the you know Takashi's interviews do even better than his music, as I understand it, you know, when he jumps on live. But I challenge you a little bit. I mean, this is, we're talking about music, but is he as a person still part of the hip hop conversation anymore? I don't know. At what point do we say, okay, we've absorbed the, what are we going to do with him narrative as a snitch? Now what? And, And push him to the side the same way that hip hop, you know, has done with, I don't know if hip hop did that with Marky Mark in the nineties, you know, like these kind of like pop-up artists. I don't know. I don't know. Is he still hip hop? You're asking me is Takashi 69 still hip hop? Is it still a cultural responsibility to care what he's doing? Oh, you know, you mean us as journalists? Yeah. Us as hip hop heads even too. Like hip hop heads get the luxury of like, if I don't like it, I don't like it. But as somebody who wants to understand the whole space, is he still meaningful on our radar? I think he has to be. Mm. Um, I think he does. Like you know, listen. We if, if when we're posting on the site, would we have posted either one of these two songs? No, not yeah. at all. Because that that's not our brand. You know, it's not the the, the, the type of hip hop that we put. Forward. Unless it was through the lens of the lyrics that he cops to his pleas of like you would snitch to. Right. Um, but that to play to to your point, I think I think we would have fleshed it out the way that we are right now and come to the realization that that's just a cop-out for page views, and we're going to sit this one out. Because yeah. what he said wasn't that compelling. But 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 news cycle-wise, no. he's still a very, I think, a compelling figure, you know. And, like, if he's making moves, like real moves, I, I think we would have covered that. I don't think we would have covered the music. I, and I'm not saying we would have covered the cycle. We would have yeah. certainly covered his being released. Yeah. I think, I think we would have covered potentially um, – the IG success from the standpoint of like, you know, what does it mean for the culture what, that something like this can happen given what he's done? So yeah. I, do think, I, do, I do think he's still relevant in our conversation too, in, a, in one way or another. Hence the musically, no. And we never covered, I mean, one thing I'll say is we never, we never covered 6 9 on the site as for his music. I believe if I'm not mistaken, and you had put a song it might have been his joint with Trippy Red on the playlist for a minute, but um, no, that wasn't. No, I'm you not, put a Trippy Red joint I put on. Trippy Red joint, but that was with Trippy like rapping, like you right. know, with real cadence and rhythm right. and stuff. Yeah. So no, I mean you know, and and we obviously covered the trial because it, it 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 mattered and it was, and it's like okay, this is this is a high profile. Like, what does it mean, and how does how do the streets, how do hip hop treat a treat a snitch? You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I want to get to the music, um, if, there, if there's any other stuff you want to discuss, but like, I, I think we should tell people, whoever's made it this far, um, that we, you know, are still very active on our Spotify playlist. And so yeah. if you're looking for new hip hop, you know, that's in the ilk of what you know our brand represent, like, uh, we are very, very much in that game and, and, and uh, keeping it updated weekly. You can spot, find us on Spotify just under Ambrosia for Heads, but... Um, so any any other new music that, that came out that you are really feeling? Yeah, I mean, I think we'd be remiss to not talk about uh, Freddie Gibbs and Alchemist. Um, you know, Alfredo, did you, uh, have you had a chance to hear that one? Doug, I have not. D- yeah. d- d- I had a week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, Understandably, yeah. and, and not for nothing, too, I've heard a lot of people say, like, had a week or not had a week. It's weird to see what you're seeing on social media see what you're seeing in the streets, protest, and come home and find a, a soundtrack. Now, it's been very cool. I will say the, um, 
the 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 protesting that I've participated in, I always hear hip hop in the background. Like mm -hmm. people bring boom boxes, people bring, you know, beats pills. I've heard a lot of public enemy, not only at the protests in Philly, but as well as just coming out of cars. And I don't know if it's terrestrial radio, I don't listen enough, but I've heard a lot of, you know, fear of the black planet, fight the power, it takes a nation like 88, 89, 90 PE. Um, That's interesting. Because for me, being in, in, in L.A. last week in Hollywood, I heard the West Coast versions of that. Mm -hmm. So I heard N.W.A. You know, at the police. I heard um, Y.G., you know, at Donald Trump. And but, dude, like, I think the one that, that moved me the most, you know, it's one thing to read about all right becoming the, the Black Lives Matter, the fact of Black Lives Matter anthem. It's another thing to be in a protest uh, with a crowd of hundreds of thousands of people. And to have that drop on a big mega system, dude, it yeah. was like, it was like, it was chills. You know what I mean? Like, it was chills. So, yeah, yeah. So, you know, Freddie, Freddie Gibbs and Madlib made um, what our readers decided was the best album of last year in Bandana. Mm -hmm. um, correct on that, I believe. Yeah, I, uh, that and Rhapsody. That, that, I was going to say, that and Rhapsody, those are the two. So, you know, one thing that's cool about Freddie, and, and he has that same quality, I think Tupac had it, I think MF Doom has it. Freddie can be incredibly prolific, and, and perfection isn't expected any time. Both Freddie and Alchemist work really fast. So I got the sense that this is an album that's not supposed to necessarily be viewed at as a bandana. I'm not saying that bandana was made over you know months and years but this isn't that um what it is is just a, a really cool um merger of the two i mean they worked together before at the end of 2018 on the uh fetty album which also had currency which i really liked and this is cool it's certainly quality but it's not it's not the Fre it's not the definitive freddie gibbs album it's not the definitive alchemist um album i really really like the feature choices benny's on there conway's on there um but yeah it's it's cool i encourage everyone to listen and let us know your thoughts in the comments dope dope well uh it's that time man what's your uh what's your song of the week so it's interesting you know you talk about west coast protest music um mc8 you know doesn't get enough credit he put an album out earlier this year it's a long ass album called official um and you know eight had come off of working with premiere three or four years ago on a record that he had been working on for years. This one is like eight back to his playbook. And the album's cool. You know, eight deserves props for being just so active. You know, he uses that word a lot, but there's one song on there that I think is, is truly one of the best eight records I've heard. Even over the stuff he did with premiere, it's called profiles um, or profile. And it's with exhibit and problem out of Compton. And, um, this out, the album came out in February or March, but it's everything that is being talked about in terms of police profiling and what that looks like. And it is just hardcore, you know, West Coast street shit, but it's done really well. And if you're looking for music that captures, um, you know, the zeitgeist of this, I'll say this just as a hip hop fan to help me, you know, feel it. This is a good record and exhibit just really one of the best exhibit verses you're going to hear in a while. So that's my joint of the week. It just resonates and I'm going to keep playing it. What about you? That's interesting, man. Uh, a week ago from yesterday, uh, I was listening to my G funk playlist and you mm. know, know G funk just sounds different in Cali, man. Like, mm. you know, just like driving and sometimes hearing the streets that, that they're seeing signs for like referencing the music at the same time. It's just like, yeah. it's a different thing. And, uh, it was loaded. It's loaded with Compton's Most Wanted, like mm. like a, a lot of Compton's Most Wanted joints. And I was listening to the the one um, I can't remember, but it samples the Look of Love. You know uh, the the uh, Isaac yeah. Hayes joint, the same yeah. one that Jay Z uses on. Um, Is that uh, Hood took me under. Right? Yeah, the Hood took me under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice, nice. Um, it, it was just hitting so hard, man. So yeah, I feel you on eight. Like he is. He does not get enough credit, dude. That dude, well, like, the Constance Warren stuff is just, it's unbelievable. A few weeks ago, I want to get to you, but you made a really ill point about West Side Gun of just, like, the frequencies of voices. And, you know, recently I've just been thinking a lot about rap voices and, like, the great ones, you know, Grand Poobah, Chub Rock, um, you know, so Biggie. I mean, 
but eight doesn't come up on people's lists and eight just has that voice. That's what made him so incredible on uh good kid, mad city, you know, Matt, yeah. on the mad city joint. Yeah. His voice and, and his, uh, his accent, you know, yeah. uh, his accent is like, he got, just got that, that just, you know, quintessential Cali accent, you know, like just even in the menace of society, you know, like he just like, he, he embodies it. Uh, for me, similar, similar, um, you know, subject you know uh, everything that's going on has been talking heads burning down the house you know mm. um, you know obviously we had that incredible conversation with paul and don prince paul and don newkirk last week and um i think i had known had known at some point that that bernie warrell uh played with talking heads but it, you know it's buried in the recesses but for them to talk about that made me go back and explore their their catalog and um and burning down the house you know just is has been relevant to me on a lot of levels um, this week and the last couple of weeks. So one of my favorite lyrics of, and I'm a huge talking heads is in my top three, probably definitely top five, you know, bands of all time. And there's a lyric in there, which I really hope um, in a good light, it could be in a negative light, but watch out. You just might get what you're after, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, that lyric just, you know, I, I, and, and, people of color, black people in this country deserve what they're after. And right. um, yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the summer plays out. Yeah. Yo, uh, pleasure, man. This, this is, uh, this is healing for me. You know what hmm. I mean? Uh, this is healing for me. So um, thank you. Always good to see you. Always good to uh, chop it up. So yeah. Likewise, man. Yeah. Until next time, marathon continues, Sorry, man. Word. All right. Peace. peace.